Before we start today's episode, here's an exciting message from Donald Miller, host of the Business Made Simple podcast and author of Building a Story Brand. Some of us have probably experienced a moment in our career when we realized, uh, I don't know if I like this. This isn't as secure or fulfilling as I thought it was going to be. And in that moment, you probably wondered if you could turn your skills into something better. You're probably thinking, I think I know too much to be paid this little, or I'm worth more than the lack of freedom that I'm being given. So what if you could launch a successful coaching career that allowed you to work fewer hours and bring in even more money than you do right now? I have trained hundreds, literally hundreds of business professionals just like you to do exactly this, to start and grow a coaching business. And many of them are making six and seven figures a year. I'm not making that up. It turns out your expertise, your knowledge about the subjects that you understand as it relates to business are worth a lot of money to people who actually need that knowledge. So as I've been asked, how do you do it? I started writing a, a book, and that book is coming out in March. It's called Coach Builder, and Coach Builder will give you an eight-step plan to start your coaching business. So in the book, I walk you through these eight steps. Some of them are create a menu of products. Another is create a compelling website that attracts clients. Then I have a chapter. It's the eighth step in the book on mastering the soft skills. If you are just starting to think about a coaching business, you're not sure that you want to do it, grab the book Coach Builder. And if you pre-order the book, the book comes out in March, I'm going to give you a 90-minute audio summary of the book. Just go to coachbuilderbook.com slash podcast. That's coachbuilderbook.com slash podcast. Enter your receipt number. So just go to Amazon, order the book. Amazon's going to immediately email you. Cut and paste that receipt at coachbuilder.com slash podcast. And you're going to get some great bonuses, the 90-minute audio summary, the 27 website templates. There's four different webinars that I'm going to do. Don't miss out. You deserve to be paid for all the knowledge that you have accumulated over the years, but nobody's going to pay you unless you know how to build a coaching business. So the book is called Coach Builder. After you order the book, go to coachbuilder.com slash podcast. Give us your receipt and you will get all of those bonuses. Here's to you growing a coaching business that sets you free and sets you up financially. If you want to promote your brand in the marketplace, a great way to do it is by partnering with social media influencers. But I think there's a lot of questions about, is it right for me? Who should I reach out to? What should I expect out of it? And so today we're talking with two of our Story Brand certified guides about what are some things that you need to pay attention to when you're thinking about partnering with social media influencers. I'm about to start the show. Maker. Welcome to the Marketing Made Simple podcast powered by StoryBrand and brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, where we believe your marketing should be easy and it should work. I am your host, Dr. JJ Peterson, and I am joined by my co-host, April Sunshine Hawkins. Hi, April. Hey, JJ, and hello, Hero Maker. April, I know that you are a social media influencer, obviously. <laughs> 
Come on. I mean, you've, you've influenced me with your social media. <laughs> friends, friends and family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're they're very influenced very by me. Very influenced Yeah, they're constantly your... calling me and being like, oh, I went to that restaurant. I thought deeply about, <laughs> about some sort of feeling that I was expressing on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. See, see you've yeah. been, you are a social media no, influencer. No one is ever calling me, <laughs> JJ. <laughs> <laughs> but you are influencing the masses. I mean. Oh, I don't know about that. Well, I mean, come on. You're fair entries. Yeah. I feel like you were inspiring a generation of people who <laughs> yes. are going yes. to create fairy habitats and enter them in their county fairs. Yes. Um, or state fair? Is it state? State fair and county fair. Oh, yeah. Okay. All, all of the above. So yeah. if 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 you haven't heard, I uh, every year I try to create some kind of new craft for the fair and I document the creation of that on social media and it actually, it's kind of something that it goes a little viral. I actually was contacted by a TV network at one point. Um, oh, yeah, But I keep it pretty small. I keep it in my story. So it's really just for my followers. It's not meant to really go to the masses, yeah. but it's really fun. I've never been paid for any social media. Have you been paid no, for social media? Yeah. No. I have gotten some free things from people who've seen me use their products. Oh, nice. And like I just use their products and recorded my reaction using them, not for any other purpose than the joy of using the product. And people have sent me free stuff. But if you could become an influencer and you could work with one specific brand, mm. who would you want to do sponsored posts oh, for? Oh, jeez. Oh, man. Well, the epic of all epic would be Nike. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. not an athlete. <laughs> that, like, I'm not an elite <laughs> a- athlete. I am an athlete. Yeah. I wear their stuff all mm-hmm. the time. But I think that I just hooked on to them early in my formative years Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I had these Cheryl Swoops shoes that laced on the sides and I am a Nike girl. I love Adidas. Same. Uh, You're a Nike girl? I'm a Nike girl too. Of course. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. That would be a very natural fit for you, right? Like that is a product you already use. You are a very active person. You got your pickleball. That's right. You're picking up CrossFit now. You're going to the next level. And Nike would not be a natural fit for me. I know I know when people look at me, they think professional Nike athlete. Girl. Yeah. They think Nike girl. But if I could put it out there and say, like, oh, these are the brands that I would love to partner with, it would be either travel or theater. Yeah. That would be me. So anybody at Nike or anybody in theater or anybody in a donut shop, we are available. That's we right. are, we can be your social media influencers. Size six and, and a half. You know, we're joking about it a little bit, but partnering with social media influencers is become very hot over the past few years. I mean, if you want to promote your brand in the marketplace, a great way to do it is by partnering with social media influencers. But I think there's a lot of questions about how do you do that? Is it right for me? Who should I reach out to? What should I expect out of it? And so today we wanted to bring on two of our StoryBrand certified guides who actually have worked with social media influencers to promote some of their clients and partner with brands that they create marketing for. So today we're talking with Lauren Cockrell and Joe Caruana about what are some things that you need to pay attention to when you're thinking about partnering with social media influencers, how to actually engage a social media influencer 
answer and begin the process and then what to think about when it comes to success. I learned a ton in this interview and I know that you are too. So I cannot wait for you to listen to my interview with StoryBrand certified guides, Lauren Cockrell and Joe Caruana. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited for you guys to be here. Lauren and Joe, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Amazing to be here, JJ. Thanks for having us. Yes, retweet. So happy to be here. Listener, you'll be able to know the difference between the two. Joe has what we would call a British accent. (laughs) (laughs) We would call it that. We would call it that. And Lauren, I don't hear it as much, but I'm going to say you're going to have a Texan accent. And you guys work together on a lot of different projects. And we wanted to bring you in specifically to talk about working with social influencers. Lauren, why don't you just explain a little bit about how the two of you work together overall in kind of in marketing and specifically working in PR and social media and all of that stuff. What is your partnership like when you guys work together? Sure. Well, we became fast friends in the summer of 2020 after Joe went through certification and really found a lot of both commonalities as well as being able to kind of staff each other's teams with strengths from each of us. And so we definitely share mind meld, you know, from time to time, just bouncing things off of each other from a strategic standpoint. We share some resources as well. And clients really get the benefit of her global perspective. And then for our US-based team, we're able to support Joe's clients uh, stateside as well. So it's really beautiful friendship and collaboration. I love that. And I love so many of our StoryBrand certified guides work with each other to fill in gaps and also complement each other in different areas and building people's PR and marketing campaigns. And Joe, we've had you on the podcast before to talk specifically about PR. And when you and I talked, I learned so much from you about the idea that PR is actually earned marketing, right? Like earned visibility for a brand compared to marketing. Often you're kind of getting emails and paying for leads and things like that. And when I look at social media specifically, there is a crossover there between PR and marketing, right? Is it's not just exclusively PR. It's not just exclusively marketing, but there is kind of a meld there. And before we dive into kind of how people can use social influencers to kind of grow their own brand, talk to me about what people should be thinking about when they want to partner with a social media influencer. What are the things they need to be thinking about before they even dive into this world? So one of the ways I differentiate marketing and PR, and I find really helpful for our clients as well, is that I think of marketing as talking about yourself. You're the one talking about your business or your business is talking about itself. Whereas PR is other people talking about you, right? So when you want to create a bit of buzz, when you want to have the benefit of somebody else talking about your brand, that's when you need to be leveraging PR. And we all know, obviously, it's important and powerful to be talking about ourselves, but how much better is it when other brands or other people are talking about us? We trust other people more than we trust the brands themselves. So I guess when you're starting to think about the social media that you want to create, that's a good question to sort of ask yourself, are you going to be creating a campaign yourself? Is this something where you want to be putting this out on your own platform? You want to have full control of what you say. You want to be tracking the the likes and the impressions and be in full control. Or is this an opportunity to leverage somebody else's platform, uh, maybe an existing platform like an influencer? 
And then you're going to be needing to go to them with a couple of different opportunities to collaborate with you and partner or potentially to advertise on their platform. So that's when it either is PR or marketing. And in this case, it's a great example of how they work together. And would you consider if you're paying for a social influencer to promote your brand, would you consider that PR or marketing? There's interesting crossover. I think if you're paying, then you are guaranteed certain results in a way, just like you would be if you took an advert out um, on another, on any platform. Um, But at the same time, you do have to understand that they've built their platform and you have to be willing to go into their world. Um, They're probably not going to give you a carte blanche of being able to do anything on their platform. So you're going to need to think about what's going to work for their followers, their readers, their whatever platform that it is. So yeah, you have to think of the angle. You have to think of the story. You have to think about what's going to work for them and their following. But at the same time, if you are willing to pay, then you're much more likely to be able to um, be part of the results that are received and to to be guaranteed some sort of exposure. I like that because a lot of people just think, well, I'm just going to go on there and I'm going to control what's being said. And I'm going to, it's going to be my campaign that I'm developing and understanding that you're actually partnering with a different brand. They have their own brand as social media influencers and you are partnering with them to get some more exposure. And so, Lauren, let's say they've decided we're going to create a campaign, we're going to partner with a social media brand, and we're going to try to get more exposure through their channels. Should everybody go after somebody like Kim Kardashian or <laughs> like, you know, Elise Myers or some of those huge names that are already out there? When people think of social media influencers, we start at the top and you go, well, of course, if we can get Kim Kardashian to drink our water on camera, then it's going to explode. But that's not <laughs> always the case, right? I mean, what should people be thinking about as they're looking to partner with different social media brands and personalities? Right. That might be a coup, but it would also be very expensive. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I would really be looking at who is speaking directly to your audience that's important to you. And a lot of times that's really a micro influencer. We're seeing people be much more successful when they work with someone who has, say, like 10,000 followers, because it's uh, a you have a lot more opportunity for a mutually beneficial relationship. You can really speak directly to the creator and that creator is speaking to their audiences and they have much more engagement. You know, if you think about someone super famous with millions and millions of followers, it's, it's a machine. It is more like taking out an ad in time magazine or something like that. You know, yes, it might go to millions of homes, but how many people are going to open it? How many people are going to see it? I mean, unless you are just deeply devoted to that person's content, who is a mega influencer, you're really just not going to get into as many people's feeds. You're limited to the algorithm. So we we really like to point people toward those micro influencers who have uh, a lot more opportunity to engage with you and with their audience. So in how do people find those people? Like, how do you find those micro influencers? Absolutely. I think so. For instance, if you were in your local market and you are trying to reach someone in your geographic area, being able to look about who is influencing in your area, you can generally reach out directly to them. If you're going to launch something to moms, for instance, looking at finding the content creators in your area who are speaking to moms and who are creating that content. So just doing your own research, looking for keywords or hashtags and things like that. And, you know, pay attention to what they're putting out there is really important. You don't necessarily want to blindly reach out. You want to make sure that 
the content that they're already putting out before you connect with them is going to fit with your values and your messaging and marketing. Um, and then, yeah, I, I think just doing some legwork, seeing who you enjoy first is is a good first step. What you said is just so simple and so easy. If people are like, how do I step into this? Starting locally, especially if you have a local shop or you're a local consultant, you know, you can do your own kind of branding on your own page, but you can also partner with people who are in your local area and just start finding them. Go and look for them, start following them, see if they match your brand. And when you do that, then you can reach out to them. And Joe, how do you reach out to them? How would you recommend a brand reach out to an in? Influencer, what are some of the words you want to use and how do you directly reach out? So again, you want to think about the kind of content that they're going to be looking to create because content creators have to create content. So they're constantly having to come up with ideas. So if you can take some of that legwork away from them, they're probably going to be more likely than if you just say, hey, I have something to promote. Can you promote it, please? And so come up with the idea first and pitch it to them, which is something that we do in PR all the time. First, you come up with the story and then you go to them with that pitch, with that angle. And with that in mind, as influencers are growing, they will often include their email or a contact address in their profile. So I would recommend you reach out to them there. And equally, especially if they're micro-influencers and they're still doing their own work, they will be reading their messages. They will be looking for genuine opportunities that aren't those blanket influencer requests that all of us get on Instagram and show that you've taken an interest in their personal platform and that this isn't just a copy paste message you've sent to everybody. I love that, Joe, because I actually that's not something I had really thought about. The idea that they are looking not just to get paid, but they are looking for something that is going to grow their brand and is going to grow their audience and be beneficial to their audience. So when you can come in already pitching something that you know is going to be good for their channel, they are more likely to partner with you and it, it will be mutually beneficial and you can ultimately do more and more campaigns as you go. They're also just solving the problem, right? Their problem is they need content. Just if we take it back to the story brand framework and you focus on the problem and you solve that problem for them, just like you would with any other aspect of dealing with a client in your business, then that's going to be a really great way to launch their relationship. The Product Boss, hosted by Jacqueline Snyder and Mina Kunlo-Sitep, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. The podcast really is a workshop-style strategy hour of social media and marketing strategies so you can up-level as a boss of your business. In fact, I was on one of their episodes, and I absolutely love talking to them. And you can check out my episode, episode number 452, called How to Clarify Your Story So Customers Will Buy. Or you can listen to a recent episode, like number 510, titled When Do You Know It's Time to Add Another Sales Channel? They really are fantastic and are so great at helping small businesses take their product sales to the next level. Listen to The Product Boss wherever you get your podcasts. What if you could find, track, and close deals all in one place? What if your schedule, goals, to-do list, and emails were organized in one tab instead of dozens? What if connecting with customers didn't leave you with so many what ifs? What if I stopped talking in questions and just told you about HubSpot Sales Hub? Meet the new powerful and easy to use sales software designed to help sales teams prospect smarter, grow revenue faster, and mine deeper customer insights, all on one connected platform. 
With HubSpot Sales Hub, your data, tools, and teams are fully linked in a highly customizable platform that is actually a joy to use. It's smart software for smart sales teams who want to close the year strong. Visit HubSpot.com sales to learn more. HubSpot. Grow better. And now, back to the show. And now as you're going into the process, right, you're going to say sign a contract, you're going to actually make the deal. What are some of the things to think about in that next phase beyond now you've said, okay, let's talk. What are some things that you want to think about in the next phase of that relationship? Lauren, what, what do you do when you're talking to influencers? Sure. So sometimes they will have a standard rate sheet that you can mix and match or select a package from. And that's great. That's really helpful. And you can also negotiate from there, you know, oh, I don't necessarily have this type of media, but can we look at, you know, a podcast series or something like that. But I've also worked with some influencers who are, you know, they had a huge following, but they had not yet gotten into sponsored content that much, and but they were interested in it. And so, you know, really positioning ourselves as a guide to say, okay, well, we can figure this out together and we can help you formalize this and you're welcome to use this going forward. But what would you think about X many posts, X many reels, X many story posts so that we're getting what we need and we're also helping them along. And they've been very receptive to that just, you know, needing some sort of guidance so that they can then take that and use it for future clients. So I wouldn't be afraid to go in with your expectations to say, you know, this is what I'm really looking forward to as far as my campaign and then seeing what they have to offer and then collaborating together. And that is when it's really helpful to work with someone who is more of a micro influencer because it can be more of a collaboration and conversation. Defining those deliverables is so key because I think you just go in and go, well, you know, you're going to promote it. Well, no, let's say how many posts in what amount of time? What are we getting paid for? And then actually, Joe, like you said, understand if you're paying for this, what kind of results you're getting. And what are some ways, Joe, that when you partner with somebody, you can actually track the success of how that works? What are some things that you do to be able to kind of show your clients that it's actually making a difference? So you're looking for something tangible that can be seen as a result. So perhaps you're running a competition, a giveaway. You're asking people to respond to the influencer's content in some way that will then immediately reflect onto your client. So we worked with an influencer and we asked them, we created a competition. That influencer shared the competition. They had a really great set of creative content that they were leading up to for a few days ahead of the competition. And then when the competition launched, it was immediately clear the response that they got because there was a massive bump in likes, a massive bump in engagement. They were being tagged, they were being shared. And then you ask the influencer at the end to kind of give you a really clear breakdown of everything that was seen from that campaign. So you would hope that there would be a huge bump or a significant bump, depending on on that influencer's following in the engagement that they would receive. And then you can sort of rinse and repeat. If it went really well, then you you sort of look at what works, you go back, you create the next campaign, you don't rest on it because again, the more kind of times you do this, the more the algorithm responds to what you're doing as well as what the influencer is doing. Um, so it's about seeing what worked and then acting on it as quickly as you can so that you don't lose the bump in your algorithm. Does a lot of this then need to convert into bottom line dollars or is this really more of a branding play to get people to know about your brand and have brand awareness? So, well, that depends. It depends on the goal of the campaign. For a lot of our clients, it is brand awareness. They want to work with an influencer because they're trying to develop the kind of exposure that will lead to those long-term relationships, which again, PR is fantastic for. And then other occasions, like for instance, we work with 
uh, a number of theaters to sell those shows, then of course you're looking for the end goal of selling those tickets and getting bums on seats. So you clearly work with the influencer on what the outcome is going to be. Um, and that's when together you will develop the kind of campaign um, that will get those results. It's so important, though, to, to remember that they know their audience very well and to trust the advice that they will give you on what will work for their audience versus what won't. When you create campaigns for a brand, are you doing everything on Instagram? Are you trying to what 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 platforms are you using? How are you developing overall campaigns for people as they go out to kind of promote their brand in this new way? Sure. And I would say, you know, if you're going to do influencer marketing, I would hope it's part of a full scale campaign, whether it is brand awareness or it is a launch or a marketing effort to sell tickets or products or services. You know, it really needs to be just one aspect of your promotion. A rising tide lifts all boats. You know, if, don't put all of your budget into this one aspect. Again, you are not in control of everything. You are not in control of the algorithm. You're not in control of what fans and followers are going to do. So being able to diversify as much as possible to try to affect most as much change as possible is what we definitely recommend. And then I also want to make sure we mention that all this great advice and strategy that these influencers can provide for you, you want to make sure you pay them fairly for that. I wouldn't go in there and say, well, you're going to get a pair of our running shoes for it. So go ahead and promote them. You know, you need to treat it like any other ad buy and make sure, you know, you wouldn't go to your newspaper and say, well, I'm going to give you a pair of running shoes for this full page ad. <laughs> so I, I do see people getting very proud of their product, which they should be, but also this is an ad spend and you need to treat it as such. So, um, but yeah, it, make sure that it's a part of your own social campaign, your own blogging and emails, and then any other PR and marketing you might be doing, I would make sure it's, it's part of that and make sure everything's cohesive and consistent across every channel. My assumption actually already was, you know, we're going to pay them, right? We're talking about it from that <laughs> sense. But with some micro-influencers who are just getting started smaller in your community that's really niche to your community, is there an opportunity for exchange as well versus just paying if you're both starting out kind of a little bit smaller? I'm sure there's opportunity for some sort of negotiation. I mean, there's always, I mean, there are plenty of advertisers who take trade as well, but there's usually a cash trade combination. So, you know, I think it's just, I would make sure that you're not insulting in your offer, just kind of open and be like, Hey, what would you be open to? I want to make sure it's fair to both of us. What have you done before? If you haven't done this before, let's talk about it. Here's the value of our product. Here's kind of what we're seeing as might be the value for your services uh, or your audience. Um, so let's figure out something that's going to work for both of us. I love that. And would you say just kind of in this world, because I'm just curious, I feel like social media branding and influencing was like super, super hot for a long time. And then it kind of got a little bit of backlash and then it's kind of leveled up. Where do you see trending wise using social media brands and social media influencers to promote your products? Are we trending up? Are we trending down? Where's it looking right now in that world? I think like with anything, um, what's working at the moment is authenticity. So if it is the authentic fit for your campaign, if it is the authentic fit for your brand, and this is genuinely something that people are going to believe is true and that this was a natural collaboration, then it's trending up because people are still trusting the advice of other people on the platforms that they follow. I think we're no longer in the social media rush. And I think even influencers are struggling with algorithms and the fact that, you know, they're not in control of the platforms, which is why we always talk about making sure that you're building up all aspects of your communication. Email is so important. Your own real estate for your brand is so important. 
But it's if your audience isn't hanging out on Instagram, then do not be doing <laughs> a social media collaboration on Instagram. <laughs> if they are reading your local paper or if they're more listening to podcasts, then that's where you need to be. So the first question I always ask is, where is your audience, your ideal audience hanging out? And that's one of the first and easiest ways to find out whether a social media influencer will be the right fit for this campaign. So good. I love this conversation so much because I think it's just a little bit of a mystery for a lot of people. But you guys broke it down so well of first just kind of going in and understanding who you're going to go after, understanding the market you're going after and partnering with social media influencers specifically in kind of your niche area and micro influencers to get started. Then ultimately creating very clear deliverables for both sides of what they're going to do, what the partnership looks like and going to them with ideas that's going to be that are going to be mutually beneficial for both of you and then in the end really measuring the results and seeing where is it going did we see success and are we going to continue in this partnership and see other areas of opportunity i think just breaking it down for people like that is so incredibly helpful so helpful for me and now i see what companies truthfully are doing wrong when they're contacting me and why it bothers <laughs> me when they do that so um thank you both so much for a all you do and b coming on here and being such a gift to our listeners helping them navigate the partnerships with social media influencers so thank you so much for everything this has been fantastic thank you jj thank you goodness. Thank you, Joe and Lauren, for just demystifying the process of beginning to work with social media influencers and getting us all thinking about if that is a great way for us to continue promoting our brand and reach new audiences. And if you, Hero Maker, are still feeling stuck trying to figure out how to apply the story brand framework into your marketing and how to connect with social media influencers, you can hire a story brand certified guide like Lauren Cockrell or Joe Caruana. Just go to marketingmadesimple.com to hire a guide that will show you how to clarify your message and create marketing that works. All right, Hero Maker, it's time to apply everything you learned with this week's actionable step, a practical step from today's conversation you can immediately use to shape your marketing and clarify your message. If you have not stepped into the partnership world with social media influencers, the first thing that I want you to do is begin following local influencers who talk to your target audience. If your target audience, like Lauren said, is moms or women that are 50 to 60 years old, who are the influencers that are speaking to that audience? If your target audience is people who are into fitness and need a personal trainer, who are the social media influencers that deal in personal training? If you are a brand who sells jeans, you need to find somebody who is into fashion. I want you to find three social media influencers who you can follow and analyze their content. And what I mean by analyze is, are they a good fit for your brand? Are they speaking to your audience? And do you feel like you could have a mutually beneficial relationship with them? If that is true, then I want you to come up with 
two ideas that you can pitch them. Like Joe said in the interview, this can be a mutually beneficial relationship. They are looking for content. They're content creators, so they have to constantly be coming up with their own stuff. If you can come to them with two ideas of how you can do a partnership with them and create content for their page, they are going to love you and be more likely to enter into an agreement. So first, follow three influencers. Second, analyze their content and seeing if you're a good partner. Then third, create two ideas that you can pitch to them that might be mutually beneficial. While partnering with social media influencers isn't for everybody, if there is an opportunity for you to reach a new audience and gain even more brand awareness and ultimately sell more of your services and products, then you are going to be able to reach more clients, more customers in a way that you probably never could before. And you are going to be able to guide more and more customers to solve their problems, which ultimately makes them the hero of their own story. And that's what makes you a great guide. That's what makes you a hero maker. Well, that's all for this week's episode of Marketing Made Simple. Thank you so much for listening and believing like us that your marketing should be easy and it should work. Follow Marketing Made Simple wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you found this episode valuable, please rate and review the show, letting us know how these tips are clarifying your message and growing your business. We'll see you next week.